Welcome to the Social for Brokers podcast with me, your host, Chris Target. This podcast is for mortgage brokers and estate agents who are looking to grow their online presence through social media. I'll share tips, best practices, and useful tools that will help you save time and ultimately expand your business. Welcome to the Social for Brokers podcast. Today, I've got something a little bit different, a bit special for all the listeners. So normally, I bring our mortgage brokers onto the podcast, talk about how they've grown their business, how they use social media to enhance their brand and gain leads. But today, I have the first ever guest on the podcast that is completely out of the industry. It's an even better industry, to be fair. It's the wine and Prosecco industry. So I have the lovely Catherine from the Think Wine Group on the podcast. And hopefully there's a few ears that have pricked up after I've said the word wine. So welcome, Catherine. Thanks for coming on. Hi, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. So today is actually my birthday and Catherine kindly sent me a bottle of Prosecco last week. So it's been been chilling since last night and we've got um we've got a glass and it is beautiful stuff, which we'll, uh, we'll get onto in a minute. So beers, thank you. I'll have a little sip for my birthday. Thank Happy you. birthday. Me too. <laughs> so the reason I wanted to get Catherine on is I've been following her on LinkedIn properly for the kind of last year. And it was actually the beginning of lockdown last year that I started following her. And even though Catherine wasn't a mortgage broker, which the majority of my connections are, I was actually really interested in her content. And I'll talk about why a bit further on. I'd always noticed that the Think Pink, well, it's a Think Pink neon light in the background of every video. So it was always consistent. And if you've listened to the podcast before, you know I'm really big on branding and colour. So every time I saw that pink, I automatically made that association with the company. The other thing that I've noticed is Catherine's social media is so personal, it's so raw, and it's all about running the business and the team. And we'll talk about that in a bit, but it'd be quite easy for Catherine to take a back seat and let the business run itself. But Catherine gets stuck in and, and gets her face out there. So we'll get back, we'll get into that in a bit about all the social media and how the business is run. But quick little um, info, a bit of information about Think Wine. They offer vegan, organic, reduced sugar and reduced calorie wine, which it's it's a great product. It sounds really good and it, it does taste really good as well. I'm not a massive Prosecco drinker, but this is, it's not as, I think I'd say sharp actually, Catherine. I think yeah. that's probably what it is. Is that yeah. the comments you get from it? Yeah, it's it's because it's light. So, yeah. and it's very, because it's very well made. A lot of Proseccos will just put a load of sugar in to mask the taste of the fact that it's a bit of a, a crap wine. Okay. Most Proseccos are full of sugar. Um, but actually ours, because it isn't full of sugar, we have to rely on the quality of our grapes and the quality of the wine making to make sure that it's palatable because without sugar, it's generally not that palatable. Um, but ours is made, you know, it's very, very well made and it's made specifically for us. It's not a lot of wines. It's just white labeled. So a, a winery will churn out hundreds of thousands of bottles and different brands will just put their branding on it. Well, as our wine is actually made specifically for us. Um, but sometimes, you know, when you drink Prosecco, you can almost get like a... It's like... Yeah. Yeah, there's none of that with this. This is very smooth and very light. Yeah, it's beautiful, really. And I'm not just saying that because we're on, we're, we're live. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's, it's really tasty, guys. And you can get it off their website and we'll, we'll talk about the avenues that you can do. You. <laughs> Catherine, so you've built up over 16,000 followers on Instagram, 8,000 followers on Facebook and 1,000 on the LinkedIn business page. And you've only been going two years, really. So 
think the first thing is, why did you set it up? And what did you do before setting it up? Yeah. So my background is actually influencer marketing. So okay. we, man we managed people with large social media followings, people who could have, you know, anything from 50,000 followers right up to 10 or 12 million followers on their Instagrams or their Facebook. Or at the time when I first started Twitter, we, to be honest, we barely work with Twitter now. It seems like a... Yes, yeah, I mean, so to interrupt, what do you think of Twitter? Because I get asked this quite a lot by people. What's your view on it? I find it a very toxic environment, um, personally. I don't see much positivity. I see a lot of negativity on there. Um, of course, there's some good things. You know, some of the best PR stunts I've ever witnessed have been done on Twitter. So there is a lot of good things as well. But for me personally, I can't spend much time on there because I find the environment to be openly toxic mm -hmm. and people to just openly start arguments. <laughs> and, I, I, I yeah. don't like the platform just from that point of view. I don't think it's very beneficial. Yeah, yeah. And, and to be honest, I don't know if it's changed now because it's been that long since I've even used Twitter. But you used to be able to only write, you know, a, a couple of lines worth of words. And it, you could never really get your point across anyway. Yeah. In that short space that you had to put your tweet or whatever. So yeah, for me, it never really took off. But when I first started in influencer marketing, that was the platform of choice. And that was, what was happening was, brands were contacting me saying like, hello, your client, I want to gift them a dress. It's worth 200 pound, can I gift it to them? And obviously we were like, oh my God, we'd never heard of this before. So we were like, oh, yeah, of course, feel free. So initially we were not monetizing it. We were just accepting these dresses or makeup for free. And then the client would wear it, post about it or be papped wearing it. And then all of a sudden the brand would get so many sales. So we very quickly realized that this needed to be monetized and we needed to actually make money from this. And so we started charging at that point when we realized the amount of return and investment brands were getting when our girls were wearing the stuff or using the makeup, we started putting a price tag on it. At the time, obviously the market was in no way saturated. It was a brand new form of marketing and it was not regulated in any way. So now you've got the ASA, which are the Advertising Standards Agency, which will come at you for absolutely anything that you do wrong. While as before, it was a completely unregulated industry and the amount of returns. I, I always remember this one brand paying us £500 for a post and the next day they had £55,000 back in their bank. And they were, they, it was two, two men and they actually quit their day jobs that next day because they were doing it as a bit of a side hustle. Yeah. Uh, and then they, they had the money then to go all in. And I, I remember Shark, being ecstatic. Sorry. It wasn't Gymshark, was it? No, I have, I've worked with Gymshark though as well. They ran a very, very similar model to that. Um, but I don't, I don't know what their very like first part of the story was. I yeah. don't know how they initially started getting into it, but they use influencer marketing a hell of a lot. Uh, this was actually a cosmetic brand and they did like, um, it, it was like non-cosmetic lip plump. So a lip gloss that plumps your lips, basically. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, and it, it just, it went mad. The whole, everyone bought it. So, so anyway. if, anyone, if anyone listening, because we've not, so I've not spoken about influencer marketing on here before. So influencer marketing is pretty much somebody will 
say you've released a t-shirt, uh, you can send it to that person, give them 500 quid and they'll wear it for you on their social media. And they might have say a million followers and it's just a, a quick way of getting your brand out there. So yeah. I didn't realize that that's what you did before Think Why. So we've got a social media expert on the podcast then. This is what people <laughs> want to listen to. Yeah, so that that was my job for okay. like five years prior to Think. And the reason I got into it is because I was like, right, okay, I'm making so much money for other people's brands. I want my own e-commerce brand, mm -hmm. but I didn't know what I wanted because most of the brands that I was working with, it was like fast fashion. I didn't want that. Um, there was cosmetics. I didn't want that. I wanted something that I really loved. I was really pas passionate about and it had longevity. So it's not... Um, you know something that you buy in cheap from china and then you know ship out really cheap as well and that i mean, i guess that's why influencer marketing does work so well as well because a lot of the time what the influencers promote that's an impulse purchase because it's like a tenner so mm -hmm. anyone is kind of willing to spend the tenner but as soon as you start chart you know it's a more premium product that might be 30 or 40 pounds it actually takes a moment to think about it it's not something you buy on impulse so the sales do get less the higher value the product is but I knew that I wanted to build like a solid brand that had longevity but I just didn't know what I wanted to do and I just kept tapping my own mind saying well what is it you're passionate about like what would you what do you actually care about and love and I was like well I love food and I love drink and that is literally it. I, love, I love wine and I love food and I was like well I didn't want to start like a food product or I, I never wanted to do like a restaurant or anything like that I wanted e-commerce because I knew that was the future mm -hmm. um and so I was like okay well, what about wine I was like I'm gaining I at the time because I was working with influencers I'd be invited to a lot of events so you know you'd show up at the event and the first thing you get is a glass of Prosecco on arrival and I was drinking that and I, I found myself very quickly gaining weight and I was like right okay well I don't want to just, you know, gain a million pounds by drinking. What if there is a way to create a wine that's actually better for you, but still tastes good? So I started, you know, looking online for like low sugar wines, reduced calorie wines, um, vegan wines. And there was very limited options. And the ones that I did try really tasted horrible. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah. And I thought, you know what? No one has has tapped this market correctly because if you could make it so it was palatable and people actually enjoyed it every everyone would buy it yeah so i started speaking to my influencers about it if i was to do this would you promote it for me would you drink it regularly what do you think of the market then i started doing um a lot of market research in terms of getting people round a round table and asking them what they be looking for um in a wine you know so many people were saying they wanted vegan everyone was at the time I guess it was like the vegan movement was just happening uh, everyone was saying organic and I realized that you can get vegan wines you can get organic wines but finding a vegan and organic wine again was very very hard to come by they exist but not not a lot so I was like, okay, I need to create a vegan and organic wine with reduced sugar and less calories. Girls are going to love it. It still needs to taste great. It can't compromise on the taste. Mm -hmm. And that's how it came about. It was almost like an idea that ran away with me. And, you know, until, until I'd done it, I couldn't sleep at night. 
I'm one of them people, like if I have an idea, unless I make that happen, I just won't sleep again until the day I'm dead. Cause I'm like, oh, I need to make it happen. How can I do it? What, what do I need to do? I'll do it. And that, that's how it came about. So God. I had my, I had an influencer agency. So I already had um, a bit of money. You know, I, I, I had a, a business that did not eat any of my money because all it requires is a, a phone and a, a laptop, basically. Yeah. While as now I've got this business that just eats money <laughs> continuously, yeah, have, nonstop. Yeah, yeah it's, it's the complete opposite of what I'm used to. But I did have some money because that business was doing well, but I didn't have enough to, to start a wine from scratch. Mm-hmm. And what happened was I actually went to a... Um, I went to a weight loss boot camp for a week mm. and I ended up meeting a woman there who was an investment banker from London. And I told her my idea and she was just like, you know what? That is absolutely amazing. Like I will give you money if you need it to, or it wasn't even an investment. It was like a startup loan. She was like, I can give you a startup loan for whatever you need to actually make this happen. And you can just pay me with interest basically. And I was like, okay. And oh. that that's, kind of what happened so, that's so you've, only had, you've only had the company like two years haven't you as well yeah it's it's two years old but it, t- it took you know developing the wine was an additional year and a half because back and forth to italy finding the winery finding the correct and now i'm i'm right insane and i'm i really apologize for the pun here because i've lined this up perfectly i've heard on the grapevine that you visited 50 vineyards <laughs> i mean 50 might be a small exaggeration but it was at least 30 at least yeah just to get the right grape that you wanted yeah. for the flavor wow yeah yeah yeah. and I, I knew that i needed it to taste great as it was so that when i reduced the sugar slightly it would still be phenomenal if that makes sense so i was just running around wineries for what feels like months everyone always says oh what a difficult time in your life you know you had to just visit so many wineries and drink so much wine how did you survive um, the truth but, is, she actually, Catherine actually visited uh, these 30 in 28 hours, she said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Back to back, got to the last one, absolutely hammered. That's Just why, like, in the end, I chose mine, because I was like, <laughs> that drunk, I couldn't even taste it. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I was that a, a lot of research into it to get, to get the right one. And you, you can, you can tell from the flavour. It's So how did you start? What did you do in the first few months? And this can be gone across to all all businesses, really. What did you do to start selling it? So I launched it with influencer marketing. Right. Uh, okay. I The first thing I ever did was put it in the hands of the girls who I had good relationships with that I knew would do me a favor. Mm-hmm. Because you would think like working in the influencer marketing industry, oh, the girls will all do you a favor. They will not. They're used to being paid for what they do and they want to be paid for what they do. And, you know, that's fair enough because actually the brands do get sales. But even with some of the girls, I would say, okay, well, I can't pay you up front, but just do me a post. And then afterwards, if the sales are there, I'll give you money. Right, fair enough. And they would because they knew me and they trusted me. So I launched it with influencer marketing. I had girls, you know, drinking it. I'm posting it on their Instagram saying, absolutely adore this drink from Think Why. But bearing in mind at that point, I didn't have one single follower on Instagram. So uh, the initial stages are about building trust. So yes. if you if you see a brand, you know, Think Wine, and it's got 
10 followers you know you don't trust them you, you're like oh that you know what is this I've never heard of this before is it even real mm-hmm. um you know reduce calories in a wine is that a thing and you don't trust it and you've got to build trust so those initial kind of few months was building trust and our first sales to be honest were from people who knew me so you know my friends from university my friends from previous jobs my friends parents like those sales that went through online that initial week of launch were people that I knew and they were supporting me. And then it was only a, a few weeks in after we'd done our launch party and there was loads of press around that, lots of people posting and tagging us. That was um, when we actually got a few legitimate sales from random people around, you know, the the nation. <laughs> That's with any business, isn't it? You need you need your family and friends to support you at first because they they will go and tell 10 people. It's the same with the mortgage industry. They go and tell 10 people and those 10 people tell, tell 10 people. And you've got to start from there, haven't you, really? There's no there's Absolutely. no other way to do it. You've got to use your initial connections first, haven't you? Yeah, start from scratch, exactly. And to be honest, I didn't even have a LinkedIn presence at that time. It was only probably a few months in that I started posting on LinkedIn. Um, okay. and, that, and again, like that just took us to, that took us to another level when I started getting really active on LinkedIn and I cannot stress the importance of a presence on LinkedIn. Yeah, you know, we're going to get into that. I really, want, I really want to delve into that. But one thing I wanted to speak about before is the branding. We'll, we'll talk about that slowly in, in social media, but you had something in your head, didn't you, about the branding that you wanted it to look in a particular way. And if you listen to the podcast, quickly jump on your phone now, go and have a look at the Instagram channels or the website. It's beautiful branding that you've got. Oh, thank you. Yeah, um, I always knew I wanted to be very feminine. And it's just the fact, like, if you look at our Facebook stats, for example, 98% of people who are purchasing from us are women. Mm-hmm, right. um, and that's that's kind of like direct to consumer. We do do a lot of business to business stuff with men um, because they're buying you know, for their staff or for their wives or whoever it might be. They're, they generally purchase him for someone else not their self because it's just the fact that drink, women drink a lot of Prosecco. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I knew that I wanted it to be a very feminine brand um, and I kind of had my logo envisioned straight away, but I also knew for my Instagram, I knew I, there was, I, ha- I was going to have such love for it and it was going to play such an important role that I needed everything to be crisp, fresh, clean professional I don't ever want to put a messy picture on my Instagram Um, and I'm I'm very very like my my staff would say I'm very like territorial over the Instagram because I I need to just make sure that it's exactly how how my brain has envisioned the brand (laughs) because Instagram's a very visual brand a visual platform isn't it compared to LinkedIn which we'll talk about shortly of how to increase your personal brand Instagram is all about you need everything to be consistent you need consistent colors consistent fonts consistent messages really don't you oh yeah absolutely yeah exactly and and that's what we're, we're keen on on being consistent because there's nothing worse and I see it on LinkedIn regularly mm-hmm. people who do not practice what they preach yeah and I do not enjoy that <laughs> <laughs> and the good thing is you kind of call not call people out on it but you are that interactive on linkedin that you speak to yeah. so many different people you can can almost rule out the the bulk aren't you 
absolutely yeah and I, I, no, no issues in doing so yeah <laughs> <laughs> so if you we're going to move on to about social media now because this is a, a big part of how you've grown the business obviously yeah if you look at Kathleen's LinkedIn page so now we're just talking about the personal page you'll see that obviously Kathleen heads up the wine company but her last four posts were a question about if you judge people or not which I thought was quite interesting photos mm-hmm. of of her and the team on a boat going to look at those those are awesome a video on the boat of you saying happy friday and a photo of yourself with your team in the car on the way down to the boat i'd imagine yeah those are all really personal posts how important is it to veer away from business on social media like that yeah it's it's the only way to get people's attention i believe because how boring is it just seeing a record on repeat going oh I'm just talking in terms of a mortgage advisor and like, you know, oh, I give the best mortgage advice in town. Like how many times on repeat can you say that? Or, you know, contact me for a free quote or contact me for whatever. I see so many of those posts and I'm like, who wants to engage with that? And the only way for your actual posts to be seen far and wide is for people to be engaging on it. And they're not going to engage with boring things. So every, not just me, everyone on LinkedIn who does well is sharing at least a bit of personal stuff. And I don't mean like every single time, but you you need to show some of the fun stuff. And actually I think on my LinkedIn, as much as some of the stuff is personal, it always includes an element of business. So it will always have something to do with the team or something that's happened to me in the business world, even though it might've gone personal, it happened within the business. Um, and I don't kind of just go, oh, today I'm going to the park with my child because, you know, that not, yeah, I, don't don't have, do I don't even have a child, by the way, but, <laughs> you know, there's people who do that. Um, and, and I think, well, no, that really is a Facebook post. <laughs> yeah, people say the difference between it, it, it's having that balance because I still see, I mean, I've just picked your last four posts, but you do post about the business as well. And it, it's almost mm-hmm. a welcome your personal stuff gives a welcome break from the business and then your business stuff gives you a welcome break from the personal and it's it's just a natural flow it doesn't seem regimented yeah well it's not I don't in any way shape or form like plan there is people out there that will do like batch content they will sit down and they will prepare their you know next 10 things that they're going to talk about or post and they, they might record it all in one day and then put it out or there's people who literally have a social media plan Monday to Friday, exactly what they're going to post. Don't get me wrong on Instagram. I have that mm-hmm. on my Instagram. I've got that plan, but on my LinkedIn, there is absolutely no plan, no rhyme or reason. It's whatever I feel or think in that exact day is what goes live. There is no actual pre like yeah, pre Yeah. It's almost, especially personal content. Mm-hmm. I've in the very beginning, um, I always used to try and, schedule the personal stuff and i'm thinking it's just it feels fake impossible yeah because it's going on on that day exactly yeah exactly you've got to but your business stuff you can and that's what you say with instagram you can schedule that in because you've obviously you're obviously quite big i imagine on campaigns and certain Mm -hmm. maybe monthly campaigns quarterly annual campaigns so you need that strategy but in terms of your personal stuff you do need it ad hoc really don't you exactly yeah. yeah yeah and some people do it well but I, for me, that would never work because I have no idea what I'm going to say until the moment I'm saying it. And sometimes it's like, I don't even notice I've posted because I've thought it and I've put it down or I've filmed a video and then it's just posted. with. And then I go, oh, that was subconscious. 
<laughs> yeah, you didn't realise you were going to do it anyway. Yeah. yeah, I didn't even know how I did that. <laughs> when you started posting, because this is how I've seen your content over the last 12 months, is I'd always recognise the pink think wine sign in the background, the neon signs. Now, there's a story about this, isn't there, that you met your now partner by yeah. one of those signs, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that that is basically the story. It was actually on LinkedIn where we met. So oh. I had put, I I can't remember if I put a post out or I'd put it in a networking group that I was a part of, just saying like, oh guys, like the quotes for these neon lights are coming in so extortionate to have one made exactly as my brand. Um, does anyone know anyone? And then a couple of people have tagged him. His name's Leo. Uh, and I and so I just reached out to him and I was just like hi Leo um, a couple of people have, have recommended you for a neon sign you know can you come in measure up blah blah and I'll tell you exactly what I want and just quote me and then you know if it's cheap enough I'll have it <laughs> um, and then he came in and it was funny because obviously I was dressed horrendously with a bun on top of my head okay. like, it was right by lockdown so I'd, I'd not been dressed in a week or something and um, he came in and I was like, oh, hello. Um, and then, yeah, I ended up getting my neon signs for free. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't advertise that fact that to get, to get free business. But they are, re- I'm a, I am actually going to contact Leo because I need one moving into an office. So I do, I do want one of those done. Yeah. But they're a get fortune everywhere. Yeah. Pardon? They're a fortune everywhere, like you say. They're so oh, expensive. Honestly, they're so expensive. And then the other one that I got, which you might want to look at is a light box. They're slightly cheaper, but they're really cool. I'll show you it later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, send me a photo. That'd be good. But the reason I say that is because every video that I saw at the beginning, and I don't know if this was intentional, always had that in the background. So I automatically associate that bright pink with your brand. Is that yeah. something you thought about in the beginning, or was it? Um. So when I first got my neon, I was like, I love this neon. It needs to be in every single post because I love it. So it wasn't kind of like, I wasn't thinking, oh, everyone will associate my brand. It was like, I just love this. And therefore I want it in everything I do. Uh, And then people started commenting a lot. Oh, that sign's always in there, blah, blah, blah. And then it became intentional after that. Yeah. (laughs) You don't use it so much on Instagram, do you? You On Instagram, how important is it to have that consistent, almost like template and theme colours on Instagram? Very, very important. Um. I think the thing is like our brand is a luxury brand you know it's it's never usually a house wine it's it's kind of like higher up on the wine list Mm -hmm. and the Instagram is so visual that everything needs to be luxury and if I'm being honest that bright pink neon sign doesn't scream luxury to me but in a personal like in my office it's so fun. It's so cool. We're all fun. We're all cool. We all love neons. It fits really well with our personality. But in terms of like, I would not put a picture of that on my Instagram because I don't feel it screams luxury, which is what we are. But it is exactly true to my personal brand, which is fun and real. So, so that's, that's amazing that you talk about, and it's because of your background, obviously, you talk about each platform needs a slightly different approach then doesn't it yeah 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 yeah. and you you always want to be consistent like as in you know my values for the brand the whole like vegan organic reduced sugar and you know being completely against you know bad things happening to people 
uh, like those values all remain the same and consistent throughout. But at the end of the day, I just don't think that neon sign fits well on my Instagram. Well, as I know it fits well on my LinkedIn and I know that people really relate and associate me with that neon sign. But actually on my LinkedIn, you I mean, sorry, on my Instagram, you'd never see a picture of me anyway. Okay, don't promote yourself at all on Instagram. No, no, you would never see me. Uh, you would just see the bottles, the branding, mm-hmm. the you know the different settings in which the bottle are. You would never, ever, ever see me personally on my Instagram. But then you'd see me all over LinkedIn. You see me on the website. So, you know, I am there. <laughs> your leads from LinkedIn will be different. You were, we were talking before we started recording that your LinkedIn leads are somebody that heads up an office that's got maybe 20 staff at Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Facebook yeah. might be family members. I don't know if you get many leads in terms of messaging through Facebook. I suppose it's, you want to push them to the website, don't you then? Yeah, it's all, I don't really get Instagram and Facebook. I barely get messages apart from like the, it's mainly questions like how, how much sugar exactly is in this or okay. how, um, how many sulfites does it have in it? It's stuff like that. Or they say like, when are you reduce? When are you releasing a red wine? Stuff like that. Yeah, I get questions, but I don't. I very rarely get like an actual order. They just right. head. I push everyone from Instagram directly to the website. That's where they order. Push everyone from Facebook directly to the website. That's where they order. But on LinkedIn, it's much more personal. People DM me and they say hello. I've been watching you on LinkedIn. I've got a staff party. I'd like you to be the sponsor. I I need to buy 20 bottles. Or they might say, hello, I've been watching you on LinkedIn. And I really like the idea for the brand. I want to send two cases to my wife. So there's an array of like different reasons why they... leads, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. So it happened on the last one. My phone went off. (laughs) Because it comes from your computer now, doesn't it? (laughs) Yeah, it's so annoying. Do you do paid advertisements, do you? As well? Yeah, I do, yeah. So I do paid on Facebook, um, paid and ad that, on Facebook, and, and we pay influencers as well. So you do. So if we talk, so the paid advert, because a lot of people are getting into the habit of running paid adverts now. Yeah. Is it a lot of testing up front to get you the results that you want? I do not do that myself. I have right. got an agency that does my Facebook ads because I would not even attempt to do that myself. Like, I... I am not proficient in Facebook. And if I'm going to be spending, I need to make sure it's money well spent. Mm -hmm. So I'm not an expert. I wouldn't be able to. I mean, I get the general gist of it, the whole test. And, you know, you run different things. You see what works, what doesn't. That's when you spend your budget. That's when you scale it. I do understand the basic concepts, but I would never be able to make the returns that I need or want. Mm -hmm. So I outsource that to an agency. Right. Okay. That that would be my point to say to people, if you are thinking about Facebook adverts, Mm -hmm. social media adverts in general, is to source out an expert in the field because you can waste a lot of money. I remember listening to quite a few podcasts and they say you have to spend £500 to really find your audience before before you even, and that's an experience you probably had as well, isn't it? Yeah. For six months, I didn't make a single penny off Facebook ads. Not a penny. No, I just, it was money in the drain, but because I'd seen other businesses, because bearing in mind my background's influencer marketing, I've seen e-commerce stores built from scratch to like multi-million pound businesses. Mm-hmm. I had seen that they went through exactly the same process of sheer hell for six months until all of a sudden one day the audience would bite. So I knew if I just held out, 
and accepted, okay, I'm not making money this month. Okay, I'm not. Eventually it will pay off and it did. So we went from zero money making on Facebook for six months to making a lot of money on Facebook. (laughs) (laughs) And it was during lockdown as well. You were saying that you, for the first 12 months, you didn't really sell sell a bottle to a pub, did you? No, no, because we, it was, we launched it right before lockdown. So even though we, we did sell to a couple of venues, but they were very quickly shut down and that was it. It was like, you know, you didn't want to approach them again because of course it was a very difficult time for them. So it was just kind of like, okay, bye, you know, see you at the end. And then we just, without, you know, the stupid word of the week, pivot. (laughs) (laughs) And um, just purely online. And and we put all our efforts and energy and money into online sales then and they went flying. It's worth, and I haven't even asked you how much is a bottle now? So we sell online a bottle at 21 pounds. Um, or you know you can buy you can buy a case of six for uh, well it depends we have offers on and stuff but generally a case would be about 80 pounds uh, for a case of six so um, that's what we sell for online we sell obviously wholesale a lot cheaper than that because um, we sell by volume then and then we we put the price right down for wholesale and if you obviously you're listening you listen this far uh, near to the end I'm going to talk about kind of an opportunity that um, I can present with Catherine for maybe sending out bottles to, to new homeowners especially for mortgage brokers and estate agents to listen to but before we get to that I want to speak about the team because you're huge on the team aren't you and over the last 12 months a lot of businesses have been really busy the ones that luckily have been able to thrive in this industry mm-hmm. but there is this point where you get to the edge of the cliff and you kind of think oh, I need to hire somebody but I don't know if I want to take that leap what yeah. would you say to somebody that is in that position at the minute just just do it <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I mean I always tell my staff as long as you're paying for yourself then you're okay you know right. you're you're quite welcome to stay in this business <laughs> as long as you pay for yourself because I cannot afford to pay for you so everyone has the mentality that they need to be able to pay their own wages by, mm-hmm. you know, the sales they make or the things they do. And don't get me wrong, of course, there's some like non-money making roles like printing orders, packing orders. But generally, most people are in a role within my business where they can make enough money to pay for their existence. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, I obviously offer commission. I offer bonuses. They get to drink wine. They get to go on boats. You know, there's a lot of fun involved um but my staff very much know pay for yourself so you just make sure when you're hiring that person they know that to continue existing within your business they need to be paying for themselves and I would say take the risk because I know it's that first initial one where you're scared because you think what if I can't pay them blah 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 and there's been months actually when I very first started out and I only had one member of staff. There was months where I just wouldn't pay myself because I'd just make sure they were paid. Wow. But then, you know, there's none of that now. Um, I've got five members of staff and there's, you know, it, there's no worry on whether they can be paid or not because they all know, pay for themselves and they all do. <laughs> How do you find, because the biggest risk is people trying to find the right members of staff. How oh, how do you find them? About that. Oh, oh, sorry. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> it's hell it's hell is it yeah the worst part and like don't get me wrong when you've got good staff you're like oh my god it's amazing like 
this is a breath of fresh air. My life is great. My faith in humanity is restored. Got that deep. Bloody hell. (laughs) When you've got bad stuff, it's like eating a poison apple. Like in a small business, having a toxic member of staff or someone who doesn't pull the weight, it's so obvious. You can see the gaping hole in which the person isn't pulling the weight or you can see the amount of toxicity that someone can bring into the environment when you are a small business. So it's very, very hard to find the right member of staff, but you just, you've got to keep going until you do. And that's, you know, I've had people in and out the door. There was one girl that I employed. She came to do, I want to say like a trial shift. Like I was paying her, but she came in for like a trial. And on day one, she's already caused trouble. She was already saying like, oh, what's the, you know, what's the gossip within this business? Like, why did the last girl leave? Um, you know, how long do you think it'll be until I'm paid more? And just basically like talking between the, the girls, day one, yeah. So I actually phoned her up and I said, you know, I don't think you're right for this business. I said, like, we don't have any of that. We don't have that bitching and, and yeah. you know, trying to, trying to cause a bad atmosphere I said I, I'm just positivity only and and I do not accept that <laughs> so anyway she didn't join us but sometimes you've got to have people in and out the door because you've got to give them a chance you're never going to know until they're actually doing the job if they're worth the weight in gold so I've had staff in and out the door and it's a struggle but now my, my team is absolutely fantastic you've got a good team around you and what's what are the plans for Think Wine Group we are going to expand. We're expanding to the US in September. So that's kind of what I'm working on predominantly right now because I've got a, I've got a solid team and they are they're doing really well within the UK. You know, we are growing at steady pace. It's nothing, you know, to write home about, but it's a steady pace. Everyone's employed, no one's been furloughed, you know. We've we've really kind of grown very nicely. And now my next move is the US because the market doesn't, the US market doesn't really have anything like this. They're a bit behind on Prosecco, but Prosecco is still very up and coming there. So I'm going initially into four states, which is California, New Jersey, New York, and Florida. And then we're going to see how it goes within those four states before potentially expanding to more states. So that's going to be my kind of mission for the rest of this year. We've just launched our small bottles, so 187 mil bars and restaurants have been begging us for them because I think with COVID, you know, some people don't want to share a bottle or, also, you know, even for safety reasons, you know, girls like to really keep hold of their drinks at all times. So to have like a a small bottle with a straw in, girls really love it. So we've just launched them and then i'm going to be also launching a still rosé in coming months as well so we've got all things coming but the plan is i mean the real plan is for world domination (laughs) i was going to say america you've not exactly targeted the small states have you You've gone let's go new york california let's go it's big or go home (laughs) (laughs) i saw over the last couple of years they're doing a lot of this hard like hard seltzer which is very low calorie isn't it and it seems that this would fit perfectly into yeah. that kind of mindset where they are. They've always been supersized, haven't they, Americans? Whereas now, I think they're getting a bit more health conscious with their drink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think with with those states specifically, they're mm, definitely yeah. health conscious states. 
Oh, man, um, you know, I can't wait. I'm really excited for that. I didn't realise that was something you were getting into. Yeah, I know. I'm so excited. And to be honest, it, it takes so long to set up as an importer. I'm really happy I've done it because, like, I wasn't in a rush. Mm-hmm. And so I got to take it slow to set up as an importer. But now we're set up and, yeah, we can just get what whatever we want in there now. Well, this is the perfect question then, because normally I'll ask people, we're going to pretend that you've moved to, say, the north of Scotland with a laptop, mobile phone and internet connection. What would you do to get new business? But what are you going to do in America? Let's talk. Right. Let's pretend you've relocated to California and you're going to start. I suppose social media would be a big point of it for you. Exactly. To be honest, I think I could be anywhere in the world as long as I've got my laptop. Mm -hmm. You know, lockdown has taught us more than anything that you can survive with just your laptop and your phone because you was everyone was still doing business even though yeah. you know they weren't in a specific place or area i know so many people who escaped to like spain or you know wherever portugal and they were still running their business as absolutely normal so lockdowns taught us that it's possible but what i'm going to do personally for the us is i've actually employed like a sales team so I'm already going to be like managing them, even though it's from afar, but then I'm going to go over myself as soon as I can. Cause right now we're still not allowed there, but as soon as I can go over, I'll go there and we'll, we'll do launch party in each state. Right. Then we get a load of influencers there, get a lot of promotion. I think I'm going to mirror what I did here, which was the launch party with lots of press, mm-hmm. then the influencer stuff, then the Facebook stuff. I think I'm going to very much mirror that in each state and then go from (laughs) i can't wait talking about influencers i've just i've just had a thought actually so you use influencers on quite a large scale so you'll find people that are popular on instagram and pay them to promote it this it could be for people that are listening it could be easily replicated in your town if you try and find people or companies i talk about this piggybacking off other companies Mm -hmm. find a local butcher or a local do you know what I mean? Carpet company or something that are really well known in the area and almost try and pay them to promote. It might not even be pay. It might just be a friendly pat on the back. Well, give them a, give them a free service or a free product because that's, you know, that's the best way. Like right. if, for example, if a mortgage advisor came to me and went, hello, I'll, I'll do it for free. If, as long as you talk about it along the way, I'd be like, yeah, okay, no problem. So you can sometimes give a free service to someone who's got, you know, 20,000, 30,000 followers and okay, you're giving one person a service for free, but then 10 other people might also use you. So it's well worth it. Like a lost leader, isn't it, to do that? Yeah, what, does exactly a, that. what does a message look like that you send them? Do you introduce yourself? What do you actually say in that yeah. message? Um, I think obviously I've got a good product to be persuading people, you know, not everyone does wine, mm-hmm. but it, some people can be easily persuaded with wine so it's just very much a case of hey my name's Kath I'm the owner of Think Wine we are reduced we're a luxury brand that's reduced calorie reduced sugar vegan and organic still tastes delicious would love to send to you to try and if you like it post it on your socials and they can literally just say oh no sorry we need paying or oh yeah if that has my address please send me some bottles and, you know, you get 50% of one answer and 50% of another. And that's okay for me. I'm not afraid of rejection. <laughs> so if I was sat there and somebody approached me and said, I want I want to give you something for free, you kind of feel honoured, I think. If you're not in yeah. that market, you would feel honoured, yeah. Exactly, yeah. And some services, you know, 
can cost the bomb, can't they? You know, as yeah. it, like you, yeah. if you can get it for free, then you're like, yeah, absolutely. I'll take it. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Well, people, I think anybody listening to this should take away and just try and connect with five local companies and see if they, they will do something for free like that. Yeah. Awesome. And LinkedIn influencers don't forget about them because I've done it. I've sent wine to people on LinkedIn who were literally, you know, they're just people on LinkedIn. Like they're not saying they're a brand or anything. Um, and then they say like, oh, thanks for sending this. And all of a sudden I get sales. So don't forget about those people on LinkedIn with, with a decent amount of followers and, and a cult following, as I like to say. Yeah, because you've always got a standout few in any industry, haven't you? That have got yeah. a cult following that people will, they'll say jump and the others will say how high kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> No, there's so much in there and I feel that we could go down so many different tangents, but I wanted yeah. just to give an overview of, and I didn't realise your background was in social media agency, especially influencers. So yeah, yeah. it's a huge help to people. It's awesome. The one thing I wanted to say to people is I've spoken to Catherine and we were talking and I speak to a lot of mortgage brokers that want something different when somebody's moved into their house. So what you can do, have a conversation with Catherine and you can send out a bottle to a new homeowner, can't you? And if you send her flyers, I suppose there might yeah. be a minimum order or something that you can speak to Catherine about. She'll put one of your branded flyers in the box for you and you'll ship it out for them as well, won't you? Yeah. And a little personal note as well. Um, we can always do it. And obviously if you're ordering, you know, a few, I'll, I'll give you wholesale rates. I won't just charge like the website rate. So yes, that would be great. I would love to get involved with that. I know there'd be a quite a So the best place to get Catherine is LinkedIn, I assume. Send you a quick message. Um, yeah. Yeah. In touch with her on there. And follow her content because it is, yes, you do talk about business and that side of it, but a lot of it is, it's quite thought provoking, especially the one about judging yesterday. I thought that was great. And it's it's always positive. And you've probably got that <laughs> on this podcast anyway. So <laughs> before we close it off, as a thank you. Um, I like to donate some money, well, £10 to charity. So have you got a charity of your choice? I do, and you have forgot its name. <laughs> <laughs> One moment, please. It's going um, to quickly do I am very, very, I'm, I'm a big advocate of, of not, of no bullying. Um, I, I don't know what it is, I think, because like, when my sisters were younger, they were, you know, they were bullied in, in some way. And I always ended up being like the, the big sister out of fights with the bullies. <laughs> um, and I just can't stand it. Like, I can't stand people who are just nasty to people for no reason and pick on the weak. Like, why would you do that? Um, so I'm a big advocate of no bullying. I always, always support charities that are like run by you know helping people even helping the bully as well as the one being bullied so there's a charity that i know well called kidscape so it would be great if you could use them yeah. i will uh, donate to those lovely lovely charity to donate to well thank you very much for coming on thank you for the prosecco guys go and get yourself a bottle off the website it's awesome and reach out yeah. to Catherine. She's lovely. She'll have a chat. You'll probably be there for hours chatting over LinkedIn and not getting work done. But um, yeah, and if you are thinking about a little gift that you want to send out to your new homeowners, estate agents as well, it's perfect for them. Get in touch. Catherine, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate thank it. Thank Take you. Take care. Speak to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
So thank you very much for listening. If you feel this podcast brought you any value at all, I'd be extremely grateful if you could leave me a review on the podcast, little five stars, and subscribe to keep you up to date with all future episodes. We can also connect on social, so you can get me on Instagram, Facebook and LinkedIn, all with the handle Social for Brokers. Look forward to hearing from you and connecting with you all.